Hello and welcome to Hugenhoff Podcast, episode 66. Today, it is just going to be me, unfortunately. Laura and I had some scheduling conflicts with the holidays and everything this year. So, wanted to mention that, but I think I have a good idea for a show, so I'm still going to go ahead and do it. Before we get into that, I wanted to remind everybody to check out my website, and you can do that at hugenhoff.org. That's H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F.org. And if you wanted to leave feedback, feel free to do that. You can do that at hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com, hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com, and you can find that on the website um you will probably notice a couple other email addresses there you kindred at hugenhoff.org for example if you send it there it just gets forwarded to my main email account and i will see it so you can actually send it anywhere but hugenhoff podcast is the quote-unquote official place anywho um send feedback Yeah. Anyway, to jump into this topic, what I'm going to do is an Inspired by the Runes series, when it's just me on. So to be perfectly clear, it's not going to be a rune study. I did a podcast that was a rune study, which you can find on the webpage. I may eventually do one that's a more in-depth rune study, where I go through all of the runes. What this is, is I'm just going to look at each of the runes and see what it means, and kind of just talk about how that relates to day-to-day, normal, everyday life. Um, This is just me, I guess, looking for a topic, but I think it could actually be useful for everyone else, because what the runes do is they do. They tell us about parts of our lives, and um, they're good things to think about. If nothing else, they're good places to start thinking about something new. So that's kind of what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do much more preamble than that because this is just, um, it's pretty self-explanatory. I'm going to read what the rune means and then just talk about that concept. So let's jump in. We start, of course, with Feo. And if you're curious what these runes mean, real short, quick definitions that are practical and to the point, you can find those on my website, hugenhoff.org and they are under the rune section right on the top or hugenhoff.org slash runes so feo is the first and it means movable wealth most simply put money so if you look at this this sort of uh reminds us of and even when you read the other rune poems and stuff like that it's it's mentioned cattle is mentioned um so it was originally cattle but in many ways that represented um wealth to our ancestors that is a way that they would have money and stuff like that so that's kind of where that idea of well it means cows or it means cattle um and it says cattle and cow but we say wealth that's sort of where that comes in um so anyway i think and i do apologize if you hear beeping in the background something keeps connecting and disconnecting from my computer so i thought i had it stopped but i do not have it stopped sorry about that anyway so um yeah our ancestors would have things like cattle which would sort of be their wealth um movable wealth in particular 
being an important part of it because you could sell the cows and literally move them around. So when we think of today's day and age, wealth or money is a big part of our day-to-day life. Um, And it's hard sometimes because we can fall into the trap of putting all of our focus on money. And when you look at the runes, there's certainly a balance to all of them. These can all be aspects of your life, but they shouldn't be your entire life. You shouldn't think about one to the exclusion of all others. And and money has a couple ways um, that it can be dangerous. Um, one is that we think about money too much and all we care about is money and we're like, oh, I need money. I need a job, blah, blah, blah. I need to do everything I can to have more money so I can have more stuff. And that's not healthy. Most people who are rich are not necessarily also happy. And people who are obsessed with money and neglect things like their family or their spiritual well-being or even their mental and physical well-being don't come out happy. There's not a huge correlation with more money and more happiness, Um They have done studies on what leads to happiness and stuff like that. And, you know, I don't think it's anything conclusive. You can't say, we'll do this and you'll be happy. But one group of people that are extremely happy is Buddhist monks are extremely happy, according to these studies, which we could bring up all sorts of problems with why this isn't effectively measuring happiness, because happiness is a very subjective term. So how do you scientifically measure it? But, um... Uh, Buddhist monks are a group of people that some studies indicate are happier than most people. Um, Nuns, I think, also fall pretty high on the scale. And those people are obviously poor. So it would not be correct to say money will definitely give you happiness. So that's a danger. And I, I think with advertising and just the way advertising and consumerism works, we're pushed to this idea that you have problems, and if you buy our products, our products will solve your problems. And broke down a little more simply than that, if you have problems, you can use money to fix your problems. And that's oftentimes not the case. Now, I will not deny that money will sometimes make things easier if you are literally starving to death. It is next to impossible to be happy. Sort of that Maslow's hierarchy of needs thing going on. If you cannot meet the basic needs of food and shelter, you can't go on to fulfill other equally important but higher up the scale needs. So there is sort of a base amount of money that you need to be happy. So I don't want to deny the importance of money and physical wealth. I think that would be a mistake. But to say it's going to lead to happiness, I think is also a mistake. Uh, So anyway, that's one danger that you're just worried about money to the exclusion of all else. That's something that is definitely a thing that can be dangerous. Now, on the flip side, which is not exactly the flip side, it's very related, you can have the problem where you blame money for all the problems. So money isn't the answer to all your problems, but neither is money the cause of all your problems. And I think this is more common with someone like me, maybe, who isn't rich, since I'm not rich. I And, and you know, you see people who are, and this whole thing, like 1% of people 
control a huge portion of the money. You're like, oh, well, well, if it wasn't for this money system, then we'd be way better off. Or sometimes really going to the extreme. If we went back to a hunter-gatherer society, we'd all be hunt. We'd all be happy because money is the root of all evil. Money is a bad thing that we shouldn't want in the first place, and we should just do away with the system. I don't think that's healthy either because, first of all, money does actually have some advantages as a system. It makes trading easier, shall we say. And um, now not to say our financial model is is perfect and without flaw, but it's a pretty good system. We don't have to do advanced or complex trades to um, get stuff. You know, we can just use money to exchange goods. And also, I don't think hunter-gatherers, being a hunter-gatherer society, would necessarily be a good thing because of the monetary system that we have, or at the least, I'll say, because we have a monetary system, we have made things like the advanced technology that we have possible. And I think that the advanced technology that we have is very much a good thing. I would not want to go back to the Dark Ages or hunter-gatherer times when we had less technologies. Are there problems with some of the technology? Yes, absolutely. But overall, I think it's a good thing. We are able, we have access to significantly more knowledge and at the very least information than we used to. Uh, Austru, for example, most of the resources I found early on were on online, or let me rephrase, most of the resources I found early on were online. And then when I got more interested in it, one of the first books I got was the Poetic Edit, the, the Poetic Eddas, translated by Hollander, which was a good translation. I suggest it to anyone. That book itself was made possible by the technology that we have. Without money, I would not have been able to go to the store and buy that book, and quite honestly, it probably would not have existed. Part of the motivation of making the printing press was financial. So money does make all these other things possible, and I think that's a really good, strong thing. So my point in this is to blame money for all of uh, the ills in the world, I think is also a mistake. Now, if you look at the bad things that are happening in the world, a lot of times it is centered around money, and it's centered around wanting more money and and the power that comes with money and all of that stuff. And that's definitely a bad thing, and that's definitely a problem with money. But I think it's much like technology. You can look at bad things in the world and say, oh, well, people are using technology to do this bad thing. That doesn't mean technology, by its nature, is evil. And in the same way, people are doing bad things for money. It doesn't mean money, by its nature, is evil. It means that people will abuse the system and do immoral things to get the money. What is truly the problem in those situations, though, is the fact that people do not have a strong moral code and they're willing to do immoral things for money in this case. But if money didn't exist, they would probably do those same wrong immoral things for some other motivation. So when we think about money... um, I think that it, it can be helpful to think about it in a, a positive aspect. And, and when we kind of go back to cattle, taking it a step 
backwards, we sort of think about this idea of how we have, in a lot of ways, tamed nature. And the next drone, Urez, sort of gets into how, in a lot of ways, we haven't. We still can't stop storms, earthquakes, stuff like that. Nature's still a very um, not fully understood, slightly chaotic thing that we can't just control 100%. Nonetheless, we have controlled it to some portion. We have domesticated animals. We have built houses that we can live in. And this whole idea of, of, of money and going back to what I said about you need this food and shelter before you can go on to your bigger goals, this is really giving us a, a, a strong, solid foundation, a place to anchor ourselves so we can grow further. Now, for that thing of being able to anchor yourself in your in, in the world and, and have food and shelter, doesn't take a huge amount of money. You do not have to be a billionaire or a millionaire. You don't even have to be what people would consider wealthy. You could actually be what most people would consider lower class and still have a strong, solid foundation in the world. You wouldn't have as much stuff, sure, but you could still um, guarantee yourself that food and shelter and move on to higher things, which I think is important to keep in mind because, again, one of the dangers, especially in this society where we're advertised to and everything else, one of the dangers is to say, well, I don't have enough money, so I can't be happy. I'm not going to move on to trying to learn meditation, let's say I'm not going to go on to pursuing these different hobbies and I'm not going to go on to trying to better myself because I can't, because I can't have the money to do it. Honestly, if you have food and shelter secured, you can go on to these other things. And I think you're sort of doing yourself a disfavor, a disservice by, by not working on the other aspects of yourself. If you're struggling for money, you have food in a hat, which I think is, is where most people are, definitely everyone listening to this podcast, because it's very unlikely you're literally starving and also listening to a podcast. But most people where they are is they have enough money for food and shelter, but you know there's other factors of life that come in, other things that you want that you're not able to afford or debt that you have to deal with and, and stuff that normal people go through on a daily basis. But I, I think it's important to stay up on the money thing, absolutely, and can, you know, don't quit your job, keep your job, and, and do all of that so you can continue to survive. But with all that said, it's important to focus on other things as well. Um, meditation, reading, expanding your horizon through literature, um, is scientific literature that it expands your mind and that as well fiction and nonfiction both both are important but to go on to other things because that is sort of what money lets us do it gives us this solid foundation where we can grow from there because if you are if you literally don't know where your next meal comes from and people are in that situation you know all over the world even even in America which is where I am based but all over the world as well, there are people who are in the situation where they literally do not know where their next meal is coming from, and that is unfortunate for a large part. Be- 
for obvious reasons. But they don't have that nice anchor where they can say, okay, well, I know where the next couple days food is coming from, so I can anchor myself here and move on into other territories, explore things like meditation or or just reading, just reading. That's that's another good way that you can expand who you are and, and maybe learn about yourself through um, through books. And it, it doesn't have to be like philosophy books. It's not those are not the only books that you can grow as a person from learning. You, there's there's plenty of uh, fiction books that are that are interesting um and that can really help you grow as a person i think something like east of eden by steinbeck one of my personal favorites you can certainly choose any book or any genre that you want but that's one that um i think i learned a lot about myself from reading that book so there's a lot of ways that you can improve yourself i mean i do harp on meditation a lot i will admit but it's not the only way that you can grow as a person, you know, reading Steinbeck would be another example. Or Brave New World, I love that book too. Um, uh, that that one's not the happiest book in the world, but it was a great book. So that that's another one that you know, and, you know, that kind of got me thinking about a lot of different things um, as well. And I'm not going to go into my review of Brave New World, but it got me thinking about a lot of different things. And I think it's important to sort of think about these different things and think about alternate futures and where our actions might lead. But we can't do that with some amount of money. We cannot do that if we don't have some amount of money to guarantee that we've got food and shelter. Because if you don't have those two basic things, you can't go on to the more advanced, I'm going to say, the more advanced things that I think all of us as people really have a desire and need to go on to um, to pursuing. So money is, is a huge thing. Now, something else it said in the Rune Poems, um, which I thought was interesting, is it said a lot of things about uh, money causes the strife among kinsmen and stuff like this. So that you know, that's another dangerous part of money that I think we can think about in our day to day life. Uh, I think it's. I think my mom told me to, or maybe it's my grandma, or maybe it's Benjamin Franklin. I don't remember, but somebody told me to never let a friend borrow. How they put it, never let a friend borrow money that you want to give them. The idea being. And was it Benjamin Franklin who said, never a lender or borrower be? Uh, but the idea is, money is one of the easiest ways to ruin a friendship. Um, actually, even a marriage, if you look at some of these like reasons for dis- divorce, financial troubles is very high on the list. So, you know, if, if, if you're my, my buddy... And you're like, oh, I need to borrow $100. And I was like, well, I can't afford to give you $100, but I, because I know I need that money. And, but I'm like, oh, but you're my friend. So I'm going to let you borrow this money and trust you to pay me back. Well, what if the friend can't pay you back? Then you're like, well, I feel betrayed because you didn't pay me back and you said you would. And the friend feels bad about it because they wanted to pay you back. But usually an argument ensues and, and a lot of times you can front, lose a friendship over that, which seems unfortunate because it's like there's all these other things that you have in common with this person or whatever, and then this one stupid thing comes up, and you end up getting so mad at each other that the friendship ends. And and sure, there's a lot of friendships that won't get ruined 
over that because A, the person pays you back. Okay, no problem. But but B, in my thought, when I am letting friends borrow money, I'm like, do I need this money? Sure. I, I can't just give away $100 and not be affected by that. But can I survive without this money? If the answer is no, I cannot survive without this money. I can't pay my mortgage or buy groceries if I don't have this money. I will unfortunately say, hey, I'm really sorry, but I just don't have the money to lend you. And and that answer, I've never been in a situation where I feel like that ended a friendship. Now, there could be situations where it does, but if someone says, hey, I need to borrow money, and you say, I'm sorry, I just don't have it, and then they're not friends with you, I feel like that wasn't a good friend in the first place. With the whole arguments coming up around because of money later, I'm like, it could have been a real strong friendship that just ended. But if they're like, oh, you didn't give me money, I hate you now, I feel like that's not a strong friendship in the first place. So if I truly cannot afford to let someone borrow the money, I'm I'm usually going to say, no, I, I just, I can't let you borrow that money. And now if it's a situation where I really need the money, but I can survive without it, I can cut back on 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 certain things, maybe I don't. By, I'm not going to be able to buy the food that I really want to buy. I'd have to get the like true value cheese instead of like the Kroger cheese or whatever. Um, but I, I can survive without it. You know, I'll usually let my friend borrow money. And then if they don't pay me back, I'm sort of prepared for that because I was like, well, I knew this was a chance going in. But I, it's kind of almost how you have to take it. You have to say, well, what if my friend doesn't pay me this money back? Because that's a possibility. That's something that can happen um, and go into it that way. Because there is, there's a huge risk. You know, this money is the thing that makes you stable and stabilizes yourself and the world. So as soon as you give it away, you feel yourself becoming less stable and and in a lot of ways, especially if the person doesn't pay you back or even doesn't pay you back as fast as really they probably should, you feel like they've taken advantage of you in some way or the other. So um, that's another risk with money. There's there's a million risks with money. There's so much that can go wrong, which is why I understand why some people have this idea of we need a system or a society that doesn't have money. We just get the things that we need and we just get the things that we want because money creates so many issues. I understand because there's a lot of dangers with money. But on the other hand, practically setting that up would certainly be a challenge. And and I don't want to get into the politics of it because this isn't a political show. Um, So I'll avoid that conversation where we talk about if that's feasible and if and how and all of that. I'll, I'll avoid that topic. But in the society that we live in today, money is definitely a big part of it. And um, I just don't think we should say that money is necessarily evil. But I think the the good thing about money and, and, and why it can be a positive thing is it does give us that stability. If you think of some of the other systems that they had in the past, the feudal systems, for example where you really are living off the whim of somebody else. And to an extent, we still are because your employer could always fire you on, well, depending which country and even which state you live in. Um, But we're kind of still there because your employer could fire you on a whim, and then you're like, well, now I don't have the money and I don't have the stability. But it's not quite so bad because you can 
probably get a job to at least survive on, even if that were to happen. Whereas back in the day, you know, you'd have people working the land and their 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 home, not just their livelihood, but their very home would be given by the whim of somebody else. And at any point in time that somebody else could be like, you know what, I don't like you. You are now homeless. Not in, you now don't have a job. So in a few weeks, you'll be homeless because you can't afford your house. But as in, you are now homeless. I am taking your house away. And, and that is a situation I would certainly not want to be in. That's a situation where you have very little stability. Were people able to pursue higher goals then as well? Sure, absolutely. I don't think that everybody who lived in societies like that were like useless, dumb people or something along those lines. But it was definitely less stability, and that was definitely a harder thing to deal with. So, I mean, I'm kind of comparing today to the worst of the past, but compared to something like the feudal system, I think average people today have it a little better than that. We have at least a little more stability than perhaps we perhaps we used to. Um, so so uh, that is a huge advantage and a huge positive thing that money can give us. It can give us some stability. I mean, there's also other things that it can give you where, like, you do your job and, let's say, you do your job and you're proud of your work and you get that paycheck and you're like, look, someone needs me because they're paying me money. They're spending resources on me. They're like, hey, you did a good job. Here's this paycheck. That means I think you're, well, it means you're at least doing your job adequately because I haven't fired you and you've worked here for 10 years or whatever. Um, So that's another advantage, a way to, like, show appreciation and stuff. Uh ironically, when it comes to gifts, money is not one of the best ones you can get. I feel like if you get an actual gift where someone has thought about it and said, like, this is a thing that that I know that you will really like, you feel like that's more appreciation, even if you got a gift of money, which was of greater value. Like, I would never consider giving my wife money for Yule, let's say. It's like, oh, it's Yule, here's 50 bucks. And I don't think she'd appreciate it. I don't really think she should. Maybe that's just me, but I don't think she would appreciate it. And actually, I'm sure she wouldn't appreciate it. And I don't think she should. And and let's say that was the gift. But the other gift was like, oh, I noticed you're really interested in fountain pens. So I'm going to get you a nice fountain pen, which costs $30. Well, look, I'm risking getting you a bad gift that you're not going to like at all. One. Two, this gift you get $30 of value because let's say you would have bought the same fountain pen. So you got $30 worth of value, whereas handing you $50 in cash is a higher value. But I think it's still a worse gift. Um, so showing appreciation, the most effective way is, is actually not with money. But when it comes to employment, that's why you're there in the first place. So I guess it's a little bit different. Um. But I do think that you can be proud of what you do and getting that paycheck and getting that stability or ability to have stability in your own life from whatever company it is. You can take pride in that and be like, I did a good job, so they paid me money. Anyway, that was kind of a tangent. Um, To get back to what I'm really hitting on here with the whole money thing is is I do think that in a lot of ways it, it can be a good thing. And again, I, I, 
I don't want to say there's, that our system is perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a pretty good system, and the whole money thing is pretty pretty much a decent system because it does give you all this stability. But this is this is one of those areas in my, my own life, and I think most people's lives, um, where it's really hard because there's so many advantages to the whole way that money works of it gives us stability also it lets us get new things it lets us get computers and um cell phones and whatever else you might be interested in but then on the other hand it's such a dangerous thing because letting people borrow money can ruin friendships um not managing your money can have negative side effects um and the biggest thing is it's just something you're always worrying about. That's what people always worry about is money. How am I going to afford the things that I have? And it's nice to say, well, never go in debt. Don't get a mortgage on your house. Just save up until you have enough money to buy a house. But realistically, that's real hard, and I'm not sure it's entirely practical either. You know, if you're like, oh, well, don't buy a car, just you just save up until you have enough money to buy a car when your car explodes. And it's like, okay, how am I going to get back and forth to work? Uh, you know, just save up until you have enough money to buy a car. And it's like, well, that didn't answer the question. So um, there's a lot of dangers in money. And it's just money is difficult, uh, debt also. But just the whole idea of money and, and saving it and being responsible with it is really difficult. So it justifies some amount of time of thinking about it. Um, but that's really stressful too. So there's there's just so many like negative side effects of money that I think we need to be careful of and, and watch out for. Um, but then the, there's also more positive sides of it too, like offering this stability or whatever. So it's definitely... Oh, sorry, I got distracted because I am recording this late and the kids are asleep and I thought I heard one of them awake, which always makes me nervous because that means they're about to destroy something. So <laughs> I had to do a quick check. Uh, anyway, they're cute. Uh, so anyway, the whole the whole money thing I think really is a difficult thing because it is such a double-edged sword where there's so many advantages and, and powerful things about it, but there's so many things to worry about and so much stress involved with it. The stress involved with it is, is, is really high. And I mean, you can ask anybody about that. They're going to say that money is one of the things that they worry about. So anyway, um, I don't think I need to go over that more. I'm probably going to go ahead and 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 wrap up here in a second, um, but I I I think that this is a good first rune because it is a foundational rune, and I think the thing that I think about money and where I like to take it is it is this stabilizing force where we get this um, food and shelter covered because when you're building your own life, that's the first thing you have to do. You have to make sure that you are in a place where you're not hungry and you have somewhere to stay. And you know, for some people in some situations, that's more difficult than others. Some people take that for granted and have never had to worry about 
where they're going to stay or if they're or where their next meal is going to come from and some people have a lot of people have had to worry about like well where is my next meal going to come from and where am i going to stay tonight but that's the first thing that's really important to like have this nice foundation of you're not at the mercy of something else or somebody else or circumstances um if we look at our like evolution as humanity it's sort of that thing where in the earlier days i guess you'd call them like most other animals we are or we were at the mercy of something else we were at the mercy of wild animals um, who would maybe attack us and pose dangers in that way we were at the mercy of uh, the herds of animals that we hunted we were at the mercy of uh, being able like i'm talking when we're hunter gatherers we're at the mercy of being able to find enough food for that day our fates were largely decided by outside forces but then like in this room we started um bringing that under our control we domesticated the cattle and well we domesticated probably the aurochs, but we we domesticated cattle so we didn't have to follow the herds anymore. We started farming so we didn't have to go gather anymore. And we sort of made this base. We didn't have to constantly worry about food and shelter. Yes, we still had to worry about it to an extent, but no, it did not take up 90% of our day. We got that taken care of. And that laid the foundation to all of these other things that we could build onto later, which is why we became the most intelligent species on the planet because, and not simply because, it would be oversimplifying it, but but one of the reasons we were able to become this vibrant, diverse, intelligent species that creates literature, art, movies, music, everything, was because we put this foundation in place, and that foundation is very powerful. And and something that I, I do sometimes do when I'm thinking negatively about something like money, is like, oh, I, I, I hate worrying about money, I don't like this system, is when you take a step back and look at it, that more philosophical sense, I guess, of saying this is truly what what is the current day representation of us controlling and taming and working with certain parts of nature that gave us the foundation to build and become who we are today is kind of a neat thought and makes you feel a little more positive about something that maybe you're having more negative thoughts about. So anyway, I am going to wrap up. Um, My thoughts on money are just that it definitely, definitely, definitely has a lot of risks and a lot of dangers that go with it, but is also definitely a really powerful thing. And I think what's really important in the grand scheme of things, we kind of use money to say it today, but the overall idea is the first thing that we need to do before we can pursue all these other goals that we have is build this foundation where we know that we are going to be fed, housed, and fed, housed, and reasonably safe. And having that foundation is the first thing that we need to do to grow into everything else. So I think that foundation is really important. And, and I do think that's that's a huge part of what FAO is, is just building that 
foundation and I am lucky enough to be in a place where I have that foundation. I'm, you know, I'm not going out and buying BMWs or, or, or HTC Vives, which I would buy the HTC Vive before a BMW, but I don't have enough money to do that. But I am also not in a place where I'm going hungry. And I, I think I'm very lucky for that. I have that foundation set so I can move on to those, those other bigger things that that foundation create so so yeah that's really powerful to think that our ancestors and i mean way back ancestors we didn't always have this when we were hunters and gatherers we were very much more dependent on outside events moving of of different herds of animals and and which spots were better to gather food from or whatever and and we've really moved a long way domesticating animals and learning to farm that was our first big step to let us kind of grow as a species at large. So I think that's really cool. Anyway, um, that's going to wrap it up for today. Just um, failed the movable wealth, the foundation that it gives us. Um, Hopefully you like this episode. If not, I apologize. Um, I'm probably going to continue this story where, again, I'm not... You noticed that I talked about the rune, said some things about the rune, but most of those things have kind of been covered in that first rune podcast but this is kind of just like using the runes to inspire me to talk about something that's important and i figure if there's a rune that represents this thing it's definitely important so what i'm going to use these for they're going to come here and there when i can't get laura on the podcast or another guest on the podcast i'm kind of going to do these because i'm okay with talking about these on my own so I do hope you like them. Um, certainly feel free to leave me feedback. You can off podcast at gmail.com. Um, anyway, thank you very much for listening. I wanted to remind you to visit my webpage, and that can be found at hugenhoff.org. That's H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F.org. There you can find my email address, which is podcast at gmail.com. You can also find the podcast. You can actually also find the rune page, since I'm talking about runes, and it's got a quick definition of all the runes. You can also find the podcast page, which is where you can listen to my podcast, or I would suggest subscribe for the RSS. I do realize my podcast is only monthly, so it is hard to remember to go out there the first or second day of every month and download it. But set it up to automatic download, which most podcatchers let you do, and it will just come in with the rest of your podcast and you can listen to it that way. So, again, thank you very much for listening, and I will see you next month. Fra hail!